Up next on Your Best Bets, Daily Fantasy Sports 101 with my college buddy, Richard Trojanowski. I call him Rich, but I call him Richard just to give him crap. Rich and I talk about the uh, different aspects of Daily Fantasy uh, as far as cash games versus GPPs, the strategy involved, balance lineups versus stars and scrubs, uh, what type of, um, you know, what are the differences from sport to sport? Um, we go into all of that. Rich has gotten big into the DFS scene in the last year. Uh, appreciate his insight. Uh, appreciate him coming on and talking about that. Um, can't wait to have him on again to talk about the mess that is the uh, Houston sports scene. Been wanting to do that with him for a while. So we'll have him on again to do that. So before we get to the pod, let's get to swimming into view. Welcome to Your Best Bets. I have a very special episode tonight. Uh, traditionally on this show, we talk about... Uh, Sports betting, betting on games, betting on golf tournaments. In a traditional sense where you bet uh, on a game, you have two outcomes. Um, tonight I want to talk about uh, something that's been really popular in the U.S. for five, six, seven years now, and that's daily fantasy. And tonight I have a, a daily fantasy sports specialist on um, coming, coming from uh, the great – I guess land of Texas is my old college buddy, Rich Trojanowski. Rich, what's up, man? Hey, Phil, how you doing, man? Uh, I appreciate you joining me. Um, when we first were talking about you coming on, I I I was obsessed at the time with James Harden wearing a fat suit in Houston, one uh, one to get out of Houston, which he got his way, and now he's playing great in Brooklyn. I wanted to talk about Deshaun Watson. I wanted to talk about you know, my bears potentially trading for him, which I still hope happens. And uh, I want them to give up the next five first round picks for Deshaun. Um, so I want to talk about the Houston sports scene, but you were like, man, I want to, I want to talk about something that I'm, I'm really passionate about really into and that's daily fantasy. And I had no idea. So you, how long have you been doing daily fantasy? Yeah, no, I really do enjoy this daily fantasy system just as much as regular conventional betting. But I started this recently, in particularly on DraftKings back in September of last year. And so I've made hundreds of bets since then in several different sport categories. So you know, I've got quite a bit of um, knowledge in what I'm doing with it. At least I hope I do. I mean, I still lose, obviously, you know. <laughs> No, yeah. I'm not sure there's very many rich gamblers out there, you know. <laughs> right. Um, so, so when you, wh what got you started? I mean, obviously, you probably did fantasy football or, or something like that. And and for those that don't know, daily fantasy is um, is kind of a, a model of something like fantasy football. You receive points for certain statistics, say for football, passing yards, rushing yards, receiving yards, touchdowns, that kind of thing. So is that what you got, got kind of got you started? You had the itch to gamble and just the knowledge of fantasy football, that kind of thing? 
Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, that's, that's exactly like fantasy football. You know, there are more incentives and, you know, higher risk, obviously, because you're playing against people that you don't know their, their um, skill levels. And some of these people can be really skilled at picking these games, even the ones that are in the, the low level ones. Uh, right. I was reading an article about how, you know, people will go to those when they're, you know, not winning too much and they'll just rack more up by playing those ones because they know the competition is typically lower in these smaller ones and they can right. win easier. Yeah. I, so a couple of years ago when I was really heavy into it, as far as the NFL, I would, I would, I started doing a lot of head to heads and then I just got, I got dominated <laughs> almost like week to week. And I was like, what is happening? Why are these guys so good? But I found out that that's where the pros target uh, beginners uh, because they've only got to beat one guy. Is that, I mean, is that yeah. not right? No, that definitely sounds right. I, mean, I don't do a lot of head to heads. I do mainly the uh, double ups, which are, you know, paying out about uh, 43 to 45% of the people. So, and I like the lower ones that do have like 11 or 23 people in them and pay out the top five or top 10. Those ones I've been very, very successful in, in win percentage and money. So let's, let's get into it a little further. Um, so when, when you're talking about daily fantasy, there's uh, what people would call cash games versus um, GPPs, which stand for basically like a larger tournament. Um, so what, can you just describe both and, you know, which is your preference? Okay. Yeah, sure. Um, no cash games are, are going to be those, you know, games where you're paying out 50% of the people, you know, or, or, and mm -hmm. have a have better chance of, of making a payout versus those large tournaments that are, you know, 25% or less people are getting paid out, but much higher returns on your um, initial fee. Um, so in, in draft daily fantasy and particularly um, you can, what was I getting with that? The, Guarantee prize pools, I don't really have a whole lot of strategy for those, except, you know, you have to really hit one of those third string, you know, for NFL, for instance, a third string wide receiver has to have a great game while your main money pool people are still hitting very well. Right. You know, so I've never come close to mm -hmm. being in the top percentile to pay out more than three times my entry fee or four times my entry fee. Right. Um, so they don't, they just don't, they're not as appealing to me. They're more like pick three lottos or horse mm -hmm. racing bets like exactas and trifectas, you know, they're just, they don't excite me as much as getting paid out more often. Um, and cash games is where I sit at. And, and there's, you know, there's a lot of into that um, in regards, let me see, I'm pulling it up right now. Those cash, those double ups, I, I'll go probably up to $50 sometimes on those, mm. um, mainly trying to pay that out and come up. That, that was probably my biggest one was a $50 double up on the NFC championship game with Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers. So, um, so does that with, with the 50 fifties, does that ever piss you off when you you only got to finish you know the top half to, to be in the money but you're in like the top five and then you still get the same amount as the guy that's in I don't know 40th 50th place 
Yeah, I had that that thought for a long time too, but no, I really don't because I mean, it's different. It's a different strategy than those GPP um, things. So if we're all in that same strategy, then I'm able to kind of hopefully predict better on how I'm going to do on the outcome of the cash game rather than those tournaments, which are just wild. I mean, you have to really hit some odd things for you to win those big $100,000 payouts, you know? Yeah. It, for, so from what I understand, and you can correct me if I'm wrong here. So if you're doing a cash game, you're, you're kind of looking more for a high floor player that's going to be a, you know, a, you can count on for a solid turnout versus a GPP where you're looking for someone that has maybe a super high ceiling, a huge risk reward, sort of like maybe like a, like a cheap quarterback that might have a great matchup that. Uh, you know, could really explode for a five touchdown game. Let's just say maybe a guy like Mitchell Trubisky, who was capable of once in a while having like a four or five touchdown game, but he was, his salary was always what in the low six thousands or high five thousands. Um, is that, is that sort of the, the mindset there with, with GPBs versus cash games? Yeah, no, I, I think you have a blend of that in both styles because you have to understand that the um, you can, you have to you have to pick lower value people in, in the in either one of them, either a GPP or a cash game. So you are still having to make this type of um, iffy, risky type of picks for the for these bottom half people. While you've hopefully putting, I, I put most of my money into two or three. Well, I try to get three big ones that I know are going to score me the most points. And then I just fill in the gaps after that. That's that has helped me a lot. Um, picking winners for cash games. And again, I don't, I don't, the GPPs are just out of my knowledge of, uh, of sports to really be competitive in them. And I'm sure I could put enough time into it to, um, yeah. learn, but the, the cash games are just so much easier and so much less time consuming yeah. to pick. Sure. The, um, I, so when, 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 when COVID hit this time last year and, and sports were, were off or canceled for a while, the really the first sport to come back was golf in June. And so I was so excited to bet on it. And I even did uh, DraftKings uh, DFS. So you pick six golfers in a lineup and I entered a $20 contest that I think it paid five grand to the top. And I think even down to like 1500 to fifth place. And the last round of the tournament, I went into the final day in fifth place. And I was, I mean, I was so nervous and I was so excited. And then within the first couple of holes, my guys made a couple of bogeys and I dropped from the top five out of the top 100. Um, so you're right. They are super volatile as far as, you know, if it's football or, you know, basketball, a touchdown, a single basket can really change your position in the standings from, you know, a top 10 to out of the top 100. Um, well, a cool one about golf, I mean, in regards to what you're saying, I, I noticed this last week, uh, last weekend, the last tournament, um, the they have these kickers for 
you know, five birdies in one round, you get an extra three points or, you know, mm-hmm. but the ones that really are biggest is the, is the places. Your first place, you get 30 points for that person. Second place drops to 20 and then it you know goes down by two from there. So as they're moving up and down the leaderboard, it's just changing the numbers up and down, changing these places, you know, right. but I think golf, the idea is birdies because birdies pay out three points versus a bogey, which only pays out negative 0.5. So, you know, a bogey mm-hmm. isn't so detrimental as right. much as a birdie is increasing right. the score. Right. So for golf, you, I mean, a guy that makes a bunch of pars is really not your target for DFS. You want a guy that even if he makes a ton of bogeys, if he's if he's a birdie machine, that's the guy that's going to really score you a lot of points. So you do do DraftKings golf. Yes. And I've won the last four, which was – Last weekend I did two, and then the weekend before that I did two, which was um, I was going off of y'all's picks that you had, you know, the plus 2,500 and the regular conventional style betting and then matching it to how much money each one of those are valued. And I ended up picking like answer was um, I forget whose pick that was. He had a great round that one, um, but I, I didn't end up picking more Kawa and I still ended up in the top, you know, five without more Kawa and he had a great what second to last two rounds. So. Right. Yeah. Hey man, I'm, I'm really proud of you for, for venturing into the golf scene. I really, that makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> I've always loved golf. I just don't get out enough to play and I really wish I could, you know, I know you play all the time, right? Still. Mm, I, I play as much as I can, but it's not, it's not as much as I used to. Did we, did we play in college? I don't remember. I honestly don't remember. Not in college, but at my, um, my wedding. Oh you know, yeah. yeah. Right yes. The day before we got a right. round of golf. Yeah. That's right. That's right. It um, rained all over us. <laughs> that's right. I remember. Um, okay. So uh, kind of going through the, um, the strat, we talked about the different strategies for the different types of games so you, you talked about the NFL and some golf. Is the NFL sort of your, your bread and butter sport when it comes to DFS? Oh, it's certainly the one I'm, I'm most knowledgeable on and recognizable on stats. Like, you know, when I'm looking, when I'm trying to research which people to pick, DraftKings is really good and, and FanDuel is as well too. But the, the stats that they show you, they'll show you the prior games. And in the NFL, luckily, they, most teams play will play teams twice. So you can look at their uh, first game they had again. So the latter half of the season is usually a lot easier to pick, um, especially because it gets, um, becomes more predictable, you know. Mm-hmm. And but, it, but usually those teams, if it's a huge blowout that first game, then you know it's probably going to be a blowout the second time too, you know, especially if we're in the same division or something. So the NFL is definitely the, the one I spent the most money on in the last six months. Um, but in, obviously NFL has gone, and so golf is, has been really good. NBA is kind of hard to pick um, mm-hmm. because they do kind of – I mean, they'll have off nights regularly, you know. When NFL, you rarely, I mean, the main stars don't have off games that often, you know. That, that was going to be um, a little bit of my question, but, and I, I think it goes back to cash games versus GPPs, but the, um, you know, the balance lineup approach where you pick, you pick guys of sort of the same salary versus maybe for golf, I've done this before where I pick, uh, you know, two guys, you know, if it's a fifty fifty thousand dollar cap, I pick two guys that are over ten thousand 
and maybe some guys that are way down there at 6,000. So I call it the stars and scrubs approach. Um, I guess for cash games, though, it, it just makes more sense to be more balanced because you can count on the, the consistency of, of the statistics, right? Yeah, I mean, I think there's probably not a, a better strategy over another because uh, I had this one line, you know, for someone that wants to get started, I, I just believe that the best way to improve at daily fantasy sports is to kind of treat it logically each time, each endeavor is a, is a different thing where you're testing different theories and strategies and making small but meaningful alterations. And, you know, that, that has to be for, you know, each sport because the key is really understanding what is being scored in these matchups. Because, yeah, it's similar to fantasy football when we're all used to our fantasy sports when we're all used to one catch per reception and all that. But, again, to get these bonus kicks that – you know, a person that scored 10, 100 rushing yard games. I mean, that's far more valuable than, you know, being a balanced attack sometimes is to, to really identifying where these stars are going to succeed in that specific right. game or situation. Right. Because, you know, daily fantasy is obviously daily, but you get even further than that. I mean, there's this really cool um, system they do is flash, flash draft. I don't know if FanDuel does it, but flash draft, have you heard that before? No. So NFL is quarter by quarter, and you would just pay $1 or five. So everyone in that pool was paying the same amount, and then you pick from three players, um, and everyone picks from the same three players, and you're picking a total of five. So there's the variations right there, and it'll tell you how much how much percentage each person got picked. And um, I started trying to figure out a strategy for that, and I was testing – you know, do I want to go against what everyone's saying? Because they could be clearly wrong that they think this kicker is going to score more points in the second quarter than, you know, maybe the, the running back that's had such a great game, you know, and, and kickers in that situation are good because you're getting the same points, you know, so if they hit a 50 yarder, it's five points and that person uh, a wide receiver may not have gotten any receptions that quarter, you know, so that is an even more deeper strategy, but I have hit, on those pretty big. I hit a, an NBA one mm-hmm. that is $1. So the top first place gets $50 and the next one's $25. So I ended yeah. up getting first in that flash draft out of a thousand people and uh-huh. um, won 50 bucks on that one. That was kind of earlier yeah. in the process. That was last, um, I think it was LeBron and the Heat. So um, that game when Jimmy Butler and him were just going back and forth. Oh, in the finals. Yeah. Yeah. And I had, yeah. I had, and, um, but I had both of them, you know, so. Yeah. Cool. Um, yeah. It, so there's, a, there's a lot of guys that, uh, I follow on Twitter that are, are, you know, they're into golf betting, but they're into uh, golf DFS as well. And another strategy they have for GPPs is, is making sure their total salary is a thousand dollars or $2,000 less than the cap. And that way they ensure that their lineup is differentiated than every other lineup, because a lot of these, a lot of people will pick their lineup to equal 50 grand, obviously, because why not? You have the space, but 
a lot of these these really good guys that are good at it and pros, as far as especially for the golf, they'll they'll specifically total forty eight thousand. That way, that their their ownership is completely unique compared to anyone else's ownership. I think that's a pretty interesting strategy for golf because there's obviously a lot of value in the middle of the board. Um, it's just finding the right guy for the course, which leads me into my next question, Richard. Is um, I do a ton of research for my golf bets. Um, um, I've talked about it on the podcast several times that I subscribe to a analytics website uh, uh, and I'll put the plug for them now. Maybe they can get me a kickback uh, fantasynational.com. It's unbelievable for golf. They will give you every stat you will have ever wanted to know from the last four rounds to the last two years worth of rounds. It is tremendous. Now, with that said, do you look at anything st- statistic-wise? Do you look at recent forms? Do you look at recent matchups against certain teams? Or are you just like, I just go with my gut and I go with what I feel? Yeah, I mean, I, I would have to talk about specific sports because they, the, the approach certainly varies from each to each. Like, I don't know enough about golf to to say I'm really honestly using your picks that you publish every Wednesday on Instagram and trying to put those. That's my approach right now is to um, pick some of the people that you have been mentioning on fire wins. Been on fire. Yeah. Yeah. And then they come through, you know, and haven't come through yet. Um, so I try to, I don't know, I guess the sport is probably, what changes the approach with it. But I do like that idea of wanting to have a different um, lineup than other people in the CPP games. And that's why it doesn't matter so much in the cash games, whether, you know, the 10 people are winning and um, you're all winning the same amount because that approach is different, you know, and and maybe if I was doing that, I would want to approach it towards reducing, like being closer to one or 2000 away from the cap, which I I usually do stay around the cap. I try to fit it somewhere in that cap by trying to get the most value out of higher, maybe not necessarily higher price ones, but ones that have higher averages. I like the average amounts that people and what they've done recently in the last two or three games or the last two or three rounds, not rounds, but tournaments. And and DraftKings does break down each round too, um, what they scored, not – you know, and then it tells you total number of birdies and, and things. So um, it, there's a lot of helpful information just in the app alone that I use. But, you know, golf, I'm not really looking too much into research for that. Um, but I've been winning on golf, and that's what the main thing. I just want to keep winning, even if it's little amounts. Just yeah. winning is the key word, you know. I want to be more winning than losing. <laughs> well, and um, I'm going I'm to – record a, a, sep- a separate one-on-one as far as just the, the, the gambling stuff, but it's, it, a lot of this correlates with, with, you know, gambling, which I've been doing for the last 18 months since it became legal in Indiana is that, um, you know, it's sometimes it's a bummer if, if, if a guy you pick to win the tournament doesn't win, but you made some money off a top 10 bet or top 20. And uh, as long as you feel like you're moving forward and your, your balance is growing, it that's, and it keeps you in the game longer. I mean, you do it because it's, it's fun and winning money is um, it, it's, it's helpful and it, it keeps you more interested, but the, 
I, I, I really enjoy just the winning part when I've made a winning pick and I, I, I just, I don't know. I just, maybe I'm just super competitive and I like to win. And then the financial part is, is pretty cool. Sure are. If, if you want to chunk off of that, has there been any heartbreakers where you thought you were in a position to win a decent amount of money and something went your, uh, went against you, you know, sort of at the end of a, a contest? Uh, yeah, I mean, it's hard to kind of pull those one out, but I think the worst is when, yeah, like when I'm doing these cash games and I'm, I'm ending up number 11th and 10 and it's like point three of a point. Those are the, you know, the worst losses. Like, come on, seriously. Like you couldn't just one extra little yeah. yard or something. Yeah. Right. But those have happened quite a lot, quite a bit. And, and I mean, there's tons of losses, but the big wins are the best where, Again, like where I had that, you know, I put like that weekend, I put $70 on and walked away with 150 So, you know, that was a, was a great weekend there. And I'm really happy about golf right now is, is how well I'm, I'm doing in that. And NHL as well. Um, mm. I just last night hit a $10 double up where I got third place out of five places that pay out of 11. Um, and, and I don't know anything about NHL either. <laughs> One really good um, – thing they also do is the opponent ranks, you know, against, and that's really helpful for football. Um, but I, I use that a lot. I'll just pick ones that are in the green more times than I will in the red or the black. And I, I used to do that a lot with fantasy football too, when I'm trying to set lineups and matchups and how, you know, this team has a worse passing defense. So of course I'm going to start this wide receiver over this one. Um, so I'm just, I'm kind of using that for NHL right now and it's paying off and it's working. Nice. Um, um, but those NHL games get pretty low scoring. Like I've gotten last in two of them. And it's just I some people got zero points because they played like four minutes of ice time. And I don't know that they played four minutes of ice time, you know? Um, yeah. Nice. I think you kind of burned on those. Um, so, uh, so final question on this and, and, we'll, and we'll wrap it is uh, if, if, if someone asks you for advice starting out, like, you know, what's one or two things you would tell them just to kind of get, kind of get moving and where they could, they could get some wins early on. Yeah, I would, I would definitely start easy with um, non-multiplier games where you can purchase multiple entries. Those ones are obvious that, you know, people are going to be putting multiple lineups in the same lineup. So that kind of spreads a, across the, the amount of people that can win. Um, and those, those are hard to, to win on because of that reason. So I, I would stick, stay away from those uh, ones where you have multiple entry ones and, you know, sticking with the cash games are, are easy and the payouts are, you know, they're, they're double your money. And they, you know, they talk about um, the, um, the commission that's being taken out on DFS sites versus conventional betting, which you don't have, whether you want to lose but um, I just think it's fine because when I'm thinking of I'm being paid out 50% and I'm winning at a 40 43% of people being paid out I think the the um, commission is is null and void at that point as long as I'm not getting 11th or 12th and missing the, the pick you know so definitely stick to those easy style ones and again just you have to come up with your own theory and an eye test is, is the best way, you know, try this and it fails, move to the next one, making small, meaningful adjustments. 
Nice. Um, I appreciate you coming on and talking about DFS. It's definitely a segment of uh, gambling, even though it's, it's legal in all 50 states where they don't consider gambling, they consider it a skill, and that's why it's legal everywhere. Um, but to me, it's still, it is still a form of gambling. So I appreciate your insight, your expertise on this. A couple questions before you go. Um, who's winning the NCAA tournament in a couple weeks? Who you got? Well, you know, I've got this really cool thing with my company that I work for where there's the tournament brackets, if I can get a large payout of stuff. But the real thing is the owner of this company's favorite school is Creighton and every payout will double if Creighton makes it to the final four. So <laughs> I'm going to go with Creighton. I'm going to follow Creighton this year yeah, and hope for the best. So you're going to win a ton of money. If you pick every game right, and not only the first round, but the second round, correct? So you got to go, uh, what do we say? Uh, what is that? 48, 48 no? games. Yeah. <laughs> and that's a million dollars for the rest of your life a year. Uh, I, and that, I, so that one's really hard, but. <laughs> I, I can't wait to see how long your unbeaten run lasts. I bet, I bet you don't win the first five games. Oh yeah, no. I mean, every every time I've done it has been the first three or five games I'm out. You know, so, that's why I like the um, the is what is it called death pool? Is that what it's called? Where you uh, pick a team and you can't pick them again? Yeah. So yeah, I I do a survivor pool. Uh, survivor. Every year. Yeah, yeah. So you pick a team each each day of the tournament, and then you can't pick them again. So there's a lot of strategy involved. Uh, I guess we've been doing it six seven years. Um, yeah. So if anyone wants in, email me, text me um, if you're not in the pool already. But usually we have about 40 people and uh, it's pretty fun and it's really tough to do. And there's a lot of a lot of ways you can go about it. Um, but uh, I think we're going to have a pretty wide open tournament this year. So I'll be interested to see uh, how it turns out. Um, yeah, and they're having fans there. So that's good. Yeah. Some yeah and, and it's all in my home state. It's all in my home state. Oh, yeah. Um, all right, man. Rich, I appreciate you coming on, man. It's good to have you on and catch up. Well, I really appreciate you having me on. I could have never imagined doing this if you wouldn't have started it, you know? So I really appreciate that and, and the invite to this. So, Yeah, man. We're, uh, we're expanding into the Texas market as of this podcast. So appreciate you helping us out there. Uh, everyone, listen up. We got, I got, Four shows coming up next week it is jam-packed. We got a golf show, of course. We'll have two NCAA tournament shows. We'll have a, sun, a selection show, Sunday night show, and then another preview show later in the week. And a show that is going to um, it's going to introduce something big for the podcast, uh, some big news coming. So stay tuned for that next week. Uh, follow us on Your Best Bet on Instagram, Your Best Bet on Facebook. Uh, golf picks were up as of Wednesday. I will have more live picks, live bets throughout the Players' Championship this weekend. Um, once again, thanks for listening, and we'll catch you next time.